0: Minnesota with a chance to win it, right here, special for Paul. off the bounce, big time, that car will drive! Are you kidding me? This is Niederreiter holding on to it, and he scores! Nino Niederreiter wins the series for the Minnesota Wild. Brett Favre goes back to pass, he pumps! Now he fires over the middle, intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. near side to the 40, and John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. That strike three from Presley, and the Astros win it 3-1, and they sweep the wild card series two games to none, holding the Twins' offense completely in check. With the sixth pick in the 2009 NBA draft, The Minnesota Timberwolves select Johnny Flynn from Syracuse University. Heartbreaking losses, questionable wins, and unquestionable fandom. This is your source for Minnesota sports talk. This is Land of 10,000 Tears with your host, Brett Lindberg.
1: Hey, everybody. My name is Brett Lindberg. This is Land of 10,000 Tears. I hope you're enjoying your Monday. That is Monday, March 15th. Got a lot to talk about today. And I'm really excited because the brackets were released last night, so I'm going to do a full bracket breakdown towards the end of the show tonight. But I've also got Wolves, Wild, some Vikings news, some Gopher hockey, Gopher baseball to talk about, and some breaking news as of just a few minutes ago. Richard Patino is officially out as the head coach of the Minnesota Gopher basketball team. I'm ecstatic. So Mark Coyle obviously making the right decision and letting him go. So the Gophers are now going to be searching for a head coach, which I'm fine with. And I'm going to break that down in a later episode. This episode is brought to you by North Coast Craftsmen. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Awesome videos explaining everything they do, how they do it, giving you an idea of what they can make. Check it out. You get 10% off your total purchase when you use the code BRETT10, that's B-R-E-T-T and the number 10, 10% off your total purchase for the month of March. Capitalize on this awesome discount, guys. You might find something that you really like. That's North Coast Craftsman. I'm going to start the show off today by talking about Gopher Hockey and their first round game against Michigan State in the first round of the Big Ten Tournament. It was a barn burner. Michigan State got a goal. In the first period, that was Dennis Sasana, assisted by Mitch Lewandowski and Charlie Combs. So Michigan State up 1-0. Gophers did not get off to a hot start. Took them all the way to the third period to get that tying goal by Bryce Brodzinski, assisted by Matt Stoddicker and Mike Koster, making it 1-1. That game went into overtime. The worst team in the Big Ten was giving arguably the best team in the Big Ten fits. They go to overtime, but the Gophers luckily get a goal to win it. Sampo Ranta assisted by Mike Coaster and Jackson Nelson. So the Gophers win 2-1 in overtime advancing to the Big 10 tournament semifinals. Honestly, a win's a win, right? But you didn't have to make it that close. So they're going to play Michigan tonight with a chance to go to the Big 10 championship game. I mean, This is where I thought they would be. I just didn't think it would be such a sweater yesterday. Survive in advance. So they're in action tonight. I believe that's a 7.30 game. Gophers are going to have to play way better. Michigan is obviously a good team. Last weekend, Michigan took one of two. So these are familiar foe. But if they don't play better, then they might lose this game. Hopefully last night was a wake-up call and that they come ready to play and that they can cement their place in the Big Ten championship game. So shifting gears here to the NHL, I'm going to talk about the Minnesota Wild. They were in action yesterday afternoon against the Arizona Coyotes. Wild had obviously beaten them Friday night, so looking to make that two in a row against the Coyotes and continue playing good hockey. So let's look at the first period. Wild let their guard down, let Phil Kessel get a goal, allowing Arizona to take the lead 1-0. Moving into the second period now, Wild find themselves down 1-0, but they even the score. Victor Rask scoring, assisted by Matt Zuccarillo, and my guy Kirill Kaprizov, he's got to get in the stat book somehow, finding his way onto it with the assist there in the second. Moving into the third period now, it's a tie game, and the Wild kind of just ran away with it. Looking at this team and a lot of the games so far this season, you kind of know that they're going to score. It's just a matter of when. We've seen a few games where the Wild put up three, four goals in a period, and that's what happened in yesterday's game in the third. Six-minute mark, goal by Nick Bonino, assisted by Kevin Fiala and Zach Parise, and then the Wild getting one on the power play. Kevin Fiala, assisted by Matt Dumba and Jonas Brodine, and then... To top it all off, Zach Parisi assisting Joel Erickson-Eck. It was an empty netter, and Nick Bugstead getting the secondary assist on that one. Wild get it done 4-1. Let's look at the box score. Cam Talbot was in goal, 22 saves, one goal allowed. Good enough for a 95 save percentage. We'll take that. Cam Talbot playing good hockey at home. I think he's 3-0 in his last three starts. So the Wild really took advantage of them in shots on goal 34 versus 22 wild also dominating in the faceoffs 52 percent wild actually getting 33 percent of their power play opportunities for goals the wild just played better quite frankly arizona is one of those pesky teams that they're going to play a couple more times this year and you just gotta beat them and you can you just can't let your guard down and you got to get off to a hot start like they have against a lot of teams So the Wild have one more game against them. That's tomorrow at 7 p.m. Hopefully they can get that one and then look forward to their next game against the Colorado Avalanche. I'm now going to shift gears into Minnesota Timberwolves news, but before that, let's recognize a sponsor. That is Triple Threat Training. Train like the pros at Triple Threat Training. Guys, I know it's almost baseball season. There are a couple more weeks to potentially sign up for lessons. Go visit www.triplethreattrainingllc.com to secure your spot and get those last reps in before the season starts. It'll make a difference. So getting into the Minnesota Timberwolves now, they were back in action against the Portland Trailblazers last night. It was a very interesting game. One could say it was a coming out party for Anthony Edwards. Let's look at the box score. Anthony Edwards, 34 points. 12 of 24 from the field, 50%, and 6 of 14 from 3, so just under 50%. I know 14 threes is a lot, but he made 6 of them, so I'm fine with that. Having a huge game, 34 points. Carl Anthony Towns, not necessarily having a great stat night, but always a facilitator and a leader out there, 13 points for him. Ricky Rubio had 15, Jared Vanderbilt had 12 Jalen Noel had 14, and Josh Okogie had 10. Let's see how the Blazers stacked up. Robert Covington with 19, although three of them came at the buzzer, and it didn't even matter. Damian Lillard had a great night, 38 points, 6 of 13 from 3, 12 of 21 from the field. Gary Trent Jr., Minnesota kid for a little while, 21 points, 6 of 14 from the field, 50% from 3, and that's a pretty good night. Carmelo Anthony, 16 points, 6 of 15 from the field. He could have been a little better, but still, Melo getting his. So how did the Wolves stack up in this game then? I listed off all of the scores, but I don't know if that tells a story because I'm not sure if you know who won. The Wolves shot 49% from the field. Blazers shot 44%. Blazers, on the other hand, shot 38% from three. Wolves shot 34%. Blazers had the edge in free throws at 81%, and the Wolves at 74%. So based on that, it seems like it was a close game, obviously. And it was. It was a two-point game. Although Robert Covington hit a three at the end when it was a five-point game. So the Wolves actually getting the win. 114-112. It was all about Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns had something to say about him after that. Let me say it was the right decision for us as an organization. I want to make that clear. That was in regards to taking him as the number one overall pick because everybody's talking about if he was the right pick or if they should have taken Mello. And I know I said this before that we're never going to stop talking about it, but honestly, this might have been the performance that he needed to put that argument to rest. So the Wolves, crazy enough, are on a two-game win streak. Since the All-Star break, they haven't lost a game. Chris Finch has won two games now. Was the All-Star break beneficial? I guess we'll find out. They're playing the Lakers tomorrow night. And if you beat them, then I'm actually going to be very interested in what's going on. Obviously, I want them to lose. Seeing them win, it's kind of nice. They're still in last place. You can still win a couple of games and still get last. But I do want to see the team progress. I guess we'll just wait and see. Back in action tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to briefly cover Gopher baseball because there's a lot more to get to as far as the NCAA tournament bracket, but honestly, there wasn't a ton to cover about them. I covered their Friday night loss against Illinois in the last episode, and then there were three more games to play. Gophers winning one of three. Jack Lifrig got the win. Zach Robbie and Jack Wassel continue to smash the baseball. Robbie with another home run. That's like his fifth of the year through eight games. That's pretty good. But the Gophers overall are 2-6. Not a ton to talk about right now. Hopefully they get it going. They're back in action on March 20th at Northwestern. So look forward to hearing about that. It is now time to get into my official 2021 March Madness bracket breakdown. Here's what's going on. I'm going to be filling out this bracket live. I've already penciled in a few of them. A couple of them are pretty tough that I haven't actually wrote them in yet. This is going to be the official bracket of my show. You can hold me accountable to my picks. You can take my picks. You can fade my picks. I don't care, but that's what's going to happen. Going to break down all four regions. Talk a little bit about some of these interesting seeds Obviously there are teams that are maybe a little bit high maybe a little bit low Maybe they're exactly right where they should be We're gonna get into it and essentially i'm just going to talk through my picks So i'm gonna start in the east region and the number one seed in the east region is the michigan wolverines they're matched up against the winner of a 16 seed play game so i don't think anybody cares i think it's pretty easy to just chalk michigan in right there although it's important to note that isaiah livers broke his foot in the big 10 semi-final game so Isaiah Livers will probably not be active for the rest of the season. Big blow for them there, but Michigan has some firepower, and I think they can still win a lot of games. They, I mean, hey, they could win the tournament. Hypothetically, right? They're in it. They could win it. So I got Michigan winning in the first round. Shifting now to the 8-9 matchup that's LSU versus St. Bonaventure. I don't know a whole lot about St. Bonaventure. What I do know is that LSU played Bama really, really tight yesterday. And they were essentially a tip-in away from winning the SEC tournament. The ball didn't bounce their way but LSU getting an eight seed. I wonder where they'd be seeded if they had won it and where Bama would be seeded if they had lost. I guess maybe LSU would be down at like the seven, six, five range, something like that. But an eight seed for LSU seems a little bit low. Um, I don't know anything about St. Bonaventure, honestly. So I'm just going to go with what I know, and I'm going to go with LSU. Regardless, though, I don't see either of those teams beating Michigan. So I guess it doesn't matter if I get that game wrong. Let's look at the 5-12 matchup, Colorado versus Georgetown. Georgetown is hot right now. They were basically on the outside looking in, and they're an automatic bid to the tournament now because they won the Big East tournament. Colorado is looking pretty good. They've looked decent all year, although I don't think they play in that great of a conference. So this is kind of a toss-up, and I know this might not be the smartest pick, but sometimes you got to pick upsets, and you got to pick a team that's playing really well. There's no reason that Georgetown should be in this, but they're riding a really nice winning streak right now. So I'm going to pick them to keep it going. So I'm going to take Georgetown in the 5-12 upset. Going to move forward to the 413 Florida State versus UNC Greensboro game. Honestly, Florida State should beat them by 30. I don't know if they will. I mean, I think they're going to win. I'm going to pick them. Florida State's my team, like I had said in one of the other episodes. UNC Greensboro I don't know anything about you just take it easy on them I think everybody and their mother is going to be taking Florida State so I guess if you want to fade those picks you can take Greensboro I just don't think it's smart so I'm going to take Florida State there and then we've got a six versus an 11 seed and that 11 seed has not been determined yet because Thursday is when the play-in games are going to happen but the game that is going to be played to decide the 11th seed for this game is Michigan State versus UCLA and the 6th seed is BYU and BYU has looked really good they almost handed Gonzaga their first loss in their conference tournament championship game and they looked like they had a great game plan and they're going to be going up against two blue bloods but they're a shell of themselves Michigan State obviously barely got in and UCLA is not the team that a lot of the years that they usually are so uh, it's a head scratcher here because Michigan State does have talent Aaron Henry great player BYU is a good team I don't think UCLA is gonna beat Michigan State but I do think that BYU is probably just better I mean the Gophers beat Michigan State so you know what let's go with BYU it's tough to bet against the Big Ten but I just think BYU is a solid team So moving forward, the three-seed Texas versus the 14-seed Abilene Christian. Texas is looking really good. They played a really hot Oklahoma State team in the Big 12 championship game, and they derailed them. They had a lot of momentum going. I think Texas beats them in this one. It could be close. I have no idea. Texas is one of those schools where it's like, They should always be better than they actually are because they have so much funding. They have awesome facilities. They've got a good coach. Shaka Smart's awesome. But for some reason, they just don't get elite talent. I don't get it. But Texas should win this one, so I'm going to take Texas. Moving forward to the 7-10 matchup, that's UConn versus Maryland. Interesting here. Maryland has some good players like Eric Ayala and Aaron Wiggins. And then UConn with James Boonight. Honestly, this could be a toss-up. I kind of want to roll with the Big Ten, but UConn's really good. James Boonight's going to be in the NBA next year. Maryland, they've got length, they've got size, they've got depth. UConn, don't know much about them, but James Boonight is great. And UConn, typically when they're a lower seed like this, like they're a seven seed this year, they make a run. They won two national championships when they weren't a top five seed. I think the smart play is to go UConn, and so that's what I'm going to do. Taking UConn, so moving forward to the two fifteen matchup, that's Alabama and Iona. Iona being a major underdog in this one. They're coached by Rick Patino though. Interesting fact, Rick Patino made the tournament this year, and the two schools that he made his reputation at not in the tournament, that being Louisville and Kentucky. Very interesting, although I think their luck runs out. I think Bama is just a buzzsaw, and I think they're going to hammer them. So we're going to go with Bama. I'm not going to go into the other sides of the bracket. I'm going to fill out each portion of the region before I move on. So getting back up to the Michigan-LSU matchup, Trendon Watford looked great for LSU against Bama yesterday. Michigan without Isaiah Livers. I still think Michigan has enough firepower with Hunter Dickinson, Eli Brooks, Franz Wagner. They've got some guys. I think they can take care of business. But I don't know if they're going to make it all the way. But I'm going to take Michigan. I think that's just the smart play. So moving forward, got an interesting matchup. That's my Florida State Seminoles versus the Georgetown Hoyas, coached by Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing demanding respect right now. But Leonard Hamilton is producing draft talent every single year. It's crazy. Like I can just name at least four or five off the top of my head right now, like Malik Beasley, Terrence Mann, Cabangeli. Dwayne Bacon, Jonathan Isaac, the list goes on, and there's plenty more. Patrick Williams, you get it. Georgetown, underdog story, I think their luck runs out. Florida State has a lot of talent. Florida State is a sleeper. I know they're a four seed, but I think they can legit potentially upset Michigan if they get there. So I'm going to take Florida State. So then we got the BYU versus Texas matchup, and BYU looks really good. Texas has some solid wins this year. Athletes versus team basketball. BYU, better team basketball. Texas, better athletes. I think BYU is probably coached better, although Texas has the better coach. Six versus three. I'm going to go with BYU to win this one over Texas. Brigham Young going on to the Sweet 16. Then we've got UConn versus Bama. And I really don't know if UConn's going to beat Maryland, but that's what I'm picking. And I still don't think that they're going to beat Bama. I think Bama's going to roll. Take Bama. Going into the Sweet 16 round, then we have a Michigan versus Florida State matchup and a BYU versus Alabama matchup. And I'm going to take Bama. I think that's the easier pick between the two games. Bama looking really good. They play defense. They play fast on offense. They create turnovers. They've got shot makers. You're going to have to slow this team down to beat them, and I don't know if there are that many teams that can do that. You know what? And just because I'm on the Florida State bandwagon, I'm going to pick them to upset Michigan. I think both of these teams have a ton of talent, but without Isaiah Livers, I think Florida State can apply the pressure, and then we have a Florida State versus Alabama matchup. Because I'm a homer, you know, big time homer for Florida State, we're rolling with the Knolls. They're going to the Final Four. They're winning the East region. So that is the first team I have getting into the final four. Let's get in to the Midwest region. The 116 16 matchup. That's Illinois versus Drexel. Doesn't matter who they're playing. Chalk it up, Illinois. They win next matchup, eight versus nine Loyola, Chicago versus Georgia tech, Georgia tech, just won the ACC tournament kind of by a default. Duke gets knocked out due to COVID. Virginia loses a game I think the ACC is just kind of bad honestly I don't I don't really respect it this year and Loyola Chicago plays great defense and last time we saw them in March they were great so let's go Loyola Chicago in that one the 5-12 matchup is Tennessee versus Oregon State when Tennessee has been ranked all year although they haven't been playing that well to be honest Oregon State just won the Pac-12 championship Pac-12 is not super strong, but you got to ride these teams that have been on these big winning streaks. So I'm going to take Oregon State, and you know what? If I get that game wrong, doesn't matter because the next matchup is Oklahoma State versus Liberty. Oklahoma State's playing as good as anybody right now. Cade Cunningham looks like the absolute number one pick in the draft. Hopefully the Wolves can get him. That'd be awesome. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State, setting up an Oregon State versus Oklahoma State second round matchup looking at the six and 11 seeds now San Diego State versus Syracuse Syracuse is not the typical team that they usually are in March getting in at the 11 seed they're almost on the outside looking in San Diego State is a buzzsaw program I hope their head coach ends up in Minnesota after this and there's a serious possibility of that happening obviously with the news today of Richard Patino not being back with the team I've been calling for it all year, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk brackets. The 3-14 matchup is West Virginia versus Moorhead State. Just pick West Virginia. The 7 versus 10 matchup, Clemson versus Rutgers. We've got a Big Ten game. I'm going with the Big Ten team. I don't trust Clemson. They played in a weak ACC. Rutgers played in a very solid Big Ten conference, probably the best conference all the way top to bottom. Rutgers is going to win this game. The two fifteen matchup is the Houston Cougars, who could be a Final Four team, versus Cleveland State. Cleveland State's not a bad program, don't get me wrong. That's coached by Drew Joyce Jr., who is a high school teammate of LeBron James. If any of you guys have seen that documentary, pretty great watch. But I don't think he's going to have the firepower to contend with Houston on this one. So I got Houston advancing. Looking into the second round, that's Illinois versus Loyola Chicago. That's an interstate matchup, and I think Illinois is going to beat the brakes off of them. Loyola Chicago plays good defense, and if they weren't playing Illinois, I would maybe pencil them in. But Illinois might be the best team in college basketball. So I'm going to take Illinois. Moving on, Oregon State versus Oklahoma State. Oregon State's luck is going to run out because Oklahoma State really wants to make the Final Four. Try to stop Cade Cunningham. I don't think you will. So if that comes true, we'll have an amazing point guard matchup between Cade Cunningham and Ayo Dasumu. That's must-see TV, in my opinion. Moving forward, San Diego State versus West Virginia. West Virginia is the better-known team, but San Diego State is the better-coached team. And I know Bob Huggins is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. He's great. But I'm rolling with San Diego State. On to the Sweet 16. Then we've got... The Rutgers Scarlet Knights versus the Houston Cougars. And Houston looks great. And Rutgers has some length and some athleticism. I just don't think they're going to get it done. Rutgers is okay. And I think they'll beat Clemson. No problem. But I don't think they're good enough to beat Houston, so I'm taking Houston. Now we're going to talk about that amazing matchup that I hope is going to come true is Illinois versus Oklahoma State. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Potentially Oklahoma State. Might be able to win that game. I don't think they will, though. I think Illinois is going to roll. It's going to be a great game regardless. Get ready for that one. I don't think there's any way we don't see that matchup when the Sweet 16 comes. On the other side of the bracket, San Diego State versus Houston. Both teams, lesser-known programs, but great programs. It's kind of a toss-up, but Houston is good. They're really good. I'm going to take Houston on to the Elite Eight. I just think Illinois is better. I think they're going to face a tougher test in Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16 than they would in the Elite Eight against Houston. So I'm going to go with Illinois. Chalk them in for a Final Four appearance. Book it. Let's look at the West region now. That's the Gonzaga region, in case you were wondering. Gonzaga is going to face a play-in team. I don't care who it is. They're going to win. The 8-9 matchup, Oklahoma versus Missouri. Oklahoma's look pretty good I think Missouri's look pretty good too but I haven't watched them hardly at all I don't know I don't care if I get this game wrong really but I'm gonna go with OU I think they can win this so let's go OU the 5-12 matchup is Creighton versus UC Santa Barbara and I think UC Santa Barbara is probably good for their conference but Creighton is a whole different animal honestly and Creighton being a five seed a little bit crazy because they've cooled off towards the end of the season but they started out the season looking really good so Creighton being a five seed not terrible because I think they have a favorable matchup in this bracket if things go their way this next game I've been really excited about ever since the brackets released that's Virginia versus the Ohio Bobcats I don't like Virginia I didn't like them back when they won it. I thought Auburn should have won. They committed a bad foul. I didn't think Virginia deserved to win the national championship that year. I also thought Texas Tech should have beat them. As soon as the season started, you're watching to see which teams are good. Okay, so we had watched two Illinois games at that point. They were 2-0, and and they had won two games by a combined about 90 points. So they went up against Ohio, and Ohio was 2-0 and as well. And Ohio took them down to the buzzer. And Illinois won that game by two. And ever since that day, I thought Ohio might be making a run when March Madness comes around. That is probably the biggest upset of the first round for me is to take Ohio. And I'm doing it. And I'm confident in it because Virginia doesn't score a lot. So they're going to have to hold them. And if they can't, they're definitely going to lose. Moving on, the six versus the 11 matchup usc to play the winner of the wichita state versus drake play-in game personally i think drake is gonna win over wichita state because drake looks great besides evan mobley i don't trust usc and i mean he's a freshman too like when the pressure's on can he perform i don't know drake a lot of veterans look really good this year so i'm gonna take drake And if it's any consolation, I'm also going to take them to win over Wichita State. I know I don't get any credit for it, but it does feel good to be right. So I'm taking Drake. Moving forward, number three, Kansas versus number 14, Eastern Washington. Kansas isn't the same team that they usually are, but I think they're going to roll in this one. So take Kansas. 7-10 matchup, Oregon versus VCU. Oregon might be the best team in the Pac-12, and They're just getting healthy now. They should be relatively healthy for the tournament. I don't know anything about VCU this year. I'm going to take Oregon. Could be wrong, but I don't think it really matters when you look at who they're going to play in the second round. That would be Iowa because Iowa is going to beat Grand Canyon. Don't debate me on that. I don't think anybody will, but don't. So that sets up an Oregon versus Iowa matchup. So looking at the second round, we have Gonzaga versus Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's decent, but Gonzaga's way better. So take the Zags. Then we have an interesting matchup, Creighton versus the Ohio Bobcats. Because I'm picking some upsets, I'm going to pick Ohio to roll because Creighton's kind of cooled down a little bit. I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but you got to distance yourself from the others at some point. And this is how I'm going to do that. So Ohio is going to go onto the sweet 16 and probably get just smoked by Gonzaga, but doesn't matter. Looking forward Drake versus Kansas. Drake Cinderella season, they looked really good this year. They're an 11 seed, Kansas is a 3 seed, but it's Kansas. Kansas will choke at some point, but it's not going to be this game. So I'm going to take Kansas. Second round, we have Oregon versus Iowa. Like I said before, I don't care if it's VCU, I don't care if it's Oregon. Iowa, Luca Garza, they're gonna roll. Iowa could actually make the Final Four potentially. Some things would have to happen, obviously. Iowa's a really good team though. So I'm gonna take Iowa. That sets up a Kansas versus Iowa matchup. This is probably more the time of the year where I think Kansas would choke a game, although they're not gonna be favored. Iowa's going to be favored. They're a better coach team, even though Bill Self is a legendary head coach. Fran McCaffrey's a pretty good coach, but Fran McCaffrey has a lot of seniors. He's got depth. He's got height, length, athleticism. Kansas has height, length, and athleticism as well, but they're just not the Kansas team that we're used to. So I think Iowa's going to roll. And then, obviously, Gonzaga is going to use Ohio as toilet paper. So pencil that in, Zags versus Iowa for the Elite Eight. I think Gonzaga has the edge here. I think most people believe that. There's a serious chance that Iowa could beat them. They'd have to play lights out. These teams met early on in the season, and it was a shootout. They put up, like, 185 total points or something, but... I think Gonzaga is still going to beat them. So I'm going to take Gonzaga to get to the final four. So that's 3 of my 4 teams solidified into the final four. Now let's look at the South region. The number 1 seed Baylor versus the 16 seed Hartford. Doesn't matter who they play, Baylor's going to roll. Baylor's going to be angry because they lost to Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 semifinals. So Baylor is going to start rolling. This next game, the 8-9 matchup, North Carolina versus Wisconsin, very interesting. Two teams that in any other season would never be playing each other in the first round, ever. Wisconsin, UNC, both over the last couple of years have been very good. This year, not very impressive, mainly because the ACC is not very good and the fact that North Carolina didn't distance themselves at all, That's why I'm not impressed with them. Wisconsin has the opportunity to flip a switch and go on a run, and they might. But we've been waiting for that. We've been waiting for them to beat some good teams down the stretch here, and they haven't. They've had chances, and they'll keep it close. But I just think UNC is going to beat them. Sorry, Wisco fans. Why would I pick Wisconsin anyway? This is a Minnesota sports show. Get out of here. UNC's going on. In the 5-12 matchup, Villanova without Colin Gillespie. Very important to note versus Winthrop because Gillespie's out. I think this is a good time to try to pick an upset the 512 matchup. It happens every year in one of the four games. So I'm going to take Winthrop Winthrop with the firepower. Let's see it. I'm excited. Nobody likes Nova anyway. Winthrop go get it done. The 413 matchup. That's Purdue versus North Texas. I like Purdue. I like their size, their length their athleticism I think they're coached really well plus this is getting played in Indiana Purdue will have a lot of fans there I know it's limited participation for fans but you heard it at the Big Ten Championship Purdue had fans there and it was way louder for a Purdue game than it was for any other game so Purdue is gonna roll Purdue could be a sleeper in this bracket the 6 versus the 11 matchup is Texas Tech versus Utah State I like Mac McClung. I like Chris Beard. I think Texas Tech beats Utah State. I don't know anything about Utah State. Texas Tech has some guys that can play, so I'm going to go with Tech. This next game, very interesting. A lot of people like Colgate. It's number three Arkansas versus number 14 Colgate. I don't know anything about Colgate. I know they're good. That's it. Arkansas, not usually a good team. So... I think for the sake of that, I think I'm going to take Arkansas. I think they're going to seize the day. I don't know if I see Arkansas moving on after the second round, though. The 7-10 matchup in this bracket is Florida versus Virginia Tech. Florida is a team that if they get going, they could upset some teams. I don't know anything about Virginia Tech. I don't trust them. Quite frankly, I don't trust either of these teams, but I don't think it matters anyway regardless of who wins. So I'm going to take Florida. The 215 matchup is Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts is going to get smoked in this game and Ohio State looks so good. They were a couple minutes away from winning the Big 10 tournament. So Ohio State's going to roll in that one. So second round we've got Baylor versus North Carolina. North Carolina inconsistent, Baylor angry. Take Baylor. Winthrop versus Purdue. I like both of these teams a lot, but it is being played in Indiana. I like Purdue's height. I think Travion Williams and Zach Eadie will eat their lunch. Winthrop would have to shoot unreal from three, which they're capable of, but I just don't see it happening. So take Purdue. Second round matchup between Texas Tech and Arkansas. Arkansas is the three seed. Texas Tech is the six seed. But I don't know about this one. Arkansas having a great season. But I think Texas Tech is just the more weathered and proven team. So I'm going to take Texas Tech. Then we've got Florida versus Ohio State. Ohio State looks really good. Florida has some athletes. And if Florida gets going, they could maybe beat them. But I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to take Ohio State. So the Sweet 16 matchups are Baylor versus Purdue. Sure to be a great game. And then Texas Tech versus Ohio State. Two Big Ten teams in the same bracket, so you could potentially see an Elite Eight, Big Ten rematch here. But I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Baylor has all the answers. I've seen Baylor beat better teams than Purdue. Purdue is a team that can seriously mess up somebody's bracket. That's a game that I'd worry about. I just don't know if Baylor matches up with Purdue all that well, but to not take Baylor is... Probably just not the smartest thing here. So I'm going to take Baylor. And then I think Ohio State's going to keep playing good basketball. Texas Tech could give them a real fight. They could. They could beat them. Big Ten loyalty here. I'm going to take Ohio State. Setting up a Baylor versus OSU matchup. I think Baylor matches up a lot better against Ohio State than they do against Purdue. So if Baylor can beat Purdue, I think they can beat Ohio State. I'm going to take Baylor. So that leaves the final four. Three one seeds getting in in the Florida State Seminoles. The matchups, I believe, would be Gonzaga versus Florida State and then Baylor versus Illinois. For whatever reason, I think that Illinois is going to beat Baylor, and I know Baylor already beat them this year. I think Baylor stopped playing as good a basketball towards the end of the year, and Illinois actually hit a second gear. Or a third gear, maybe. So I think Illinois gets them in the rematch. I think Florida State's Cinderella story comes to an end because Gonzaga is just such a good program. I think they're built to win a national championship. Florida State is built to send guys to the NBA. There's a difference. So I'm going to take Gonzaga. Setting up an awesome Gonzaga versus Illinois matchup, I think there's probably going to be a ton of people who have this matchup when the finals come around. I'd like to say I think Illinois is going to win. But when this is all said and done, can you honestly say that Illinois is going to be the national champion? I think something goes wrong, and they fall short. Gonzaga gets one, so I'm going to take Gonzaga. They're going to have a perfect season. Puke, disgusting. And then we all start a petition, get Gonzaga removed from their current conference and push him over to a better one. I know, pardon my take already. Petition for that, but let's sign that petition. I mean, Gonzaga's only tough game this year outside of non conference games was against BYU. They did play good teams in non conference. Don't get me wrong. They beat Kansas, they beat Iowa, they beat West Virginia. They were scheduled to play Baylor. They're doing their best to get good games in non conference, but if they get through that, then it's like, okay just speed through the rest of these games. Cause they're not even going to be one within 20 points. So that's it for the bracket. Gonzaga is going to win. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope Florida state gets there. Honestly, I hope everything is right besides Gonzaga winning it. Quite frankly, if Gonzaga lost in the first round, that'd be hilarious. That would be awesome. Then Ohio Bobcats would go to the elite eight and then Iowa would probably make the final four. I hope you guys enjoy this part of it. My thoughts on the bracket were brought to you by Ted's pizza palace Located at 306 Main Street, East Menominee, Wisconsin. Great pizza, great atmosphere, great service. Taste the homemade difference. It's time to briefly cover some Minnesota Vikings news. After Anthony Barr had originally stated that he was not willing to restructure a couple of weeks ago, the Vikings have made another offer and convinced him otherwise. So here are the details. Vikings finalized a revised contract with Anthony Barr who will now make 10 million in 2021 a fully guaranteed 9.4 million plus 500,000 per game roster bonuses and 100,000 workout bonus instead of 12.9 million and he can now become a free agent next March instead of 2 years from now I know when I was unpacking those rumors originally, my initial thought as to why he wouldn't want to restructure was because he didn't want to extend his stay here in Minnesota. And I think the front office was saying the right things this time. They decided that if he wanted to, that he can become a free agent a year or two earlier depending on if he doesn't want to be here or not. So I think that is exactly what Anthony Barr wanted to hear and ultimately is now willing to take a little bit less money this year in order to potentially be out of Minnesota after this season. They're good and bad about this. Save some money. You guarantee that Anthony Barr is going to play for you this year and free up some cap space. So the Vikings are now about $10 million under the salary cap. So there might still need to be moves made in order to sign a big free agent or lock up that rookie draft class. Maybe the Vikings will talk to Kirk Cousins about potentially taking less this year, maybe restructuring his deal. Maybe they will make some cuts. I guess we'll wait and see. The new league year begins in a few days, right when free agency hits. So stay tuned. I'll keep you updated on the Minnesota Vikings. All right, guys, that's it for the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. I know there's a ton of stuff in it. I enjoyed doing it. I'm hoping my bracket is 100% accurate, although there's no way that happens. Let's have a great week, and I'll catch you in the next episode.